This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. I'm your worst nightmare. That is probably the single most memorable moment in Rambo 3. It was used in the trailer, parodied endlessly. That was the defining moment of the film that almost killed the entire Rambo franchise. But if you're listening to Books and Nachos' sister podcast, Now Playing, where we're reviewing all of the Rambo films, perhaps your memory of Rambo 3 is stronger than most. If so, do you remember the scene in Rambo 3 where the Russian colonel pours acid on the chest of an Afghan child in an attempt to find out the location of the rebel base? Or how about where Rambo is almost killed by Mujahideen soldiers when he's suspected of being a Russian spy? Or the scene where the Russian defector helps Rambo navigate the landmines outside the prison holding Colonel Troutman? If you don't remember any of these scenes, it's because none of them were in Rambo 3. At least, not in the filmed version, but all of them are major scenes in Rambo 3's novelization written by David Morrell. I'm Arnie, host of Books and Nachos, and today we're continuing the look at the Rambo novels written by David Morrell. If you've listened to our past two episodes, which you can find at booksandnachos.com, then you know that over a decade before Sylvester Stallone starred as Rambo on screen, David Morrell wrote the novel First Blood, a critically acclaimed and highly graphic novel that told of a Vietnam vet suffering from post-traumatic stress fighting the Vietnam War on American soil. While that first novel stands alone, in a highly unusual move, David Morrell returned to Rambo to write the novelizations of the film's First Blood Part Two and Rambo Three. I can't think of another case where an author created an original character in a novel and then returned to novelized stories about that character written by other people. And due to that strange occurrence, I decided to also read the novels for First Blood Part 2 and Rambo 3 and review them here at Books and Nachos. So today we look at Rambo 3. When I wrote my review of Rambo 2, I mentioned that there are a few categories film novelizations can fall into. There are those that are mostly adaptations of the films with perhaps a few extra scenes or minor changes which show the difference between the original script and the final shooting script. Then there are those novelizations where the story in the book barely resembles that of the final film at all. Sure, some basics may be the same, but from beginning to end, the novel differs from the movie. I used as examples in the last one A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, which was based on Rest Craven's original script for the movie, but was greatly rewritten later by Frank Darabont. But I had no clue when I was writing Rambo 2's review that Rambo 3 would become my new defining example of a movie novelization where what happens in the novel is so different from the film as to make it easier to list the similarities than the differences. In Rambo 3, both the movie and the novelization, we start with Rambo working at a Buddhist monastery in Thailand. He's visited by his former commander, Colonel Troutman, who's going back into active duty helping the Afghan rebels fight off the invading Soviet army, and Troutman wants Rambo to go with him. Rambo refuses, and Colonel Troutman goes alone and is soon captured by the Russians and interrogated by Russian Colonel Zayson. Rambo discovers his friend's predicament and arranges with the U.S. Embassy to go into Afghanistan unofficially and alone to rescue Troutman. Aided by the Mujahideen soldiers, specifically a guide named Musa, Rambo infiltrates the Russian prison camp, escapes with Troutman, and single-handedly inflicts massive damage to the Russian force that tries to stop their escape. So after hearing that description, if you've seen Rambo through the movie, you have to be wondering, how's that so different from the book? Well, like I said earlier, these two stories are the same at the highest levels. However, from page one of this novel, the story in the book differs from that of the movie. To illustrate this, let's look at the first scene in the movie where Rambo is in a stick fighting contest, which he wins fairly easily. He then extends his hand to his opponent, and this tells the audience, hey, Rambo's a pretty good guy. 
In the novel, this scene plays very differently. We start off before the fight, and Rambo is visiting the fights regularly. He's drawn to their violence, and he eventually enters, and when he goes in the fight, he allows himself to be pummeled by his opponent. Rambo is broken, and he hates that he's a man of violence, and only a glimpse of seeing Colonel Troutman watching the fight, the shame brought on by allowing himself to be beaten while his friend and former commander watched, makes Rambo turn the tide of that stick match. As crafted by David Morrell, the stick fighting scene reintroduces us to a familiar character in an unfamiliar emotional state. In the film, the stick fighting is there to give the audiences a bit of action as they munch on their popcorn and get their adrenaline flowing, cheering for Stallone and holding them over until the real action begins in Afghanistan an hour later. But here in the early scenes, the book is like a distorted mirror image of the scenes in the film. Everything that happens in the movie that causes Rambo to go to Afghanistan happens in the book. But in the movie, the things just seem to happen. In the book, everything happens for a reason. For example, I found it ridiculous in the film that Embassy Agent Griggs returns to the Buddhist temple just to tell Rambo, hey, your friend's captured, we're not going to do anything about it, but we thought you'd like to know. In the book, Rambo just has a feeling that things couldn't have gone well for Troutman in Afghanistan, and so he goes after Griggs. Only then does Griggs reveal Troutman's capture. And how about Troutman's capture? What was he doing in Afghanistan to begin with? These were questions I had while watching Rambo 3. In the movie, it's all very vague and not explained. But in the book, it's told to us that he was training Mujahideen in Pakistan, which is a U.S. ally. And he never intended to go into Afghanistan, but he crossed the border accidentally and was picked up by a Russian patrol boat. So while the what happening in the beginning of the story is indeed near identical to the movie, the why and the how these things are happening is very different and, to be blunt, superior. In the film, things happen and the audience is just supposed to turn off their brain and not wonder why or how, but just watch shit blow up. In the novel, Morel's descriptions of events and gives every action a cause. And more, the cause is based in some aspect of the character. And yes, in Morel's book for Rambo 3, characters actually have arcs and personal growth, specifically Rambo. And what's perhaps most surprising and satisfying about it is that Rambo's characterization is actually built out of what happened to him in the previous novels. For example, in the original Rambo novel, First Blood, Morel mentions in passing how Rambo became familiar with the Zen religion during his time in Vietnam. In First Blood Part 2, Morel expands on this greatly, and he talks about how Rambo was really trying to become more Zen, though it was more a defense mechanism rather than out of any true spiritual belief. Now in Rambo 3, we pick up with Rambo in a Buddhist temple and committed to Zen beliefs. Yes, this was in the film. Was it a lucky coincidence with Morel's previous novels? Probably. But the way Morel writes it, it becomes the culmination of character development that Morel started over 15 years earlier. And it is so satisfying as a reader to see such a through line in this character. But that's where the story starts and not where it ends. I'll pick up on Rambo's spiritual beliefs again in a few minutes. After Rambo leaves the Buddhist temple to go to Pakistan and then Afghanistan, the story changes completely. While Rambo is aided by a guide named Musa and some Mujahideen agents, virtually every aspect of R Rambo's adventures are different. There are actually many more characters in this novel. Rambo meets with several Mujahideen tribe leaders who initially believe Rambo to be a Russian spy and then force Rambo to prove himself to them by attacking a Russian patrol. A Soviet officer is captured and tries to defect and eventually helps Rambo infiltrate the Russian base. 
Rambo meets up with a French nurse who's taking care of the sick and wounded Mujahideen, and the nurse ends up playing a large part in the story's climax, helping to care for Troutman, who, in the film, is standing shoulder to shoulder with Rambo, gunning down Russians, but in the novel, more realistically has a life-threatening injury as the result of his torture and escape, and remains infirmed for much of the book's climax. Now, in my research, I see that some of this, specifically the French nurse, were items from the original script that were dropped before actual filming began. But by leaving the characters and events eventually culled from the script, and by adding his own characters and characterizations, Morel has made a novel that is infinitely more engaging and interesting than the film on which it's based. That said, Rambo 3 is a deeply, deeply flawed film, and despite Morel's best efforts, his novel cannot help but bear some of the same weaknesses. The biggest weakness is the primary plot. Rambo is going into Afghanistan, a country which even now in the 21st century after 9-11, let alone back in 1988, most Americans can't place on a map. In the movie, this leads us to scene after scene of exposition that tells the audience about the Afghan struggle and the Afghan way of life. In the book, things are somewhat better as we start to get to know some of these Afghan characters, but Morel knows his audience and knows they're not familiar with Afghanistan, and so there is a lot of explanation of Afghan sayings and customs. In fact, Morel even goes more into detail than the movie ever did, discussing Afghani honor and rituals, and the fact that the Mujahideen are not a unified force, but merely a grouping of tribes fighting together against the Russians, but yet have as much infighting over ego and who the tribe leaders should turn to, as no tribe leader wants to be seen as weaker than the leaders of the other tribes. These are all additional things that Morel heaps into this novel. Also, some of what's added isn't entirely complimentary. After Rambo helps the Mujahideen defeat the Russian patrol, Rambo is disgusted to watch as the Afghans execute every Russian they find. And it's explained that the Afghans barely have enough food to feed themselves, let alone sustain any prisoners, but it's still brutal, and to an American reader, it's an alienating event, and Morel calls it out and shows Rambo as being disgusted by these events, and he eventually enters into a conflict against the Mujahideen when he refuses to let them ruthlessly beat and kill one soldier. This impugns an Afghan's honor, and now there's the suspense of, is this Afghan soldier going to attack Rambo? Due to these large cultural differences, so much of the novel is us seeing through Rambo's eyes how these people live and reading Rambo's judgments and opinions on it. And yes, this did occasionally lead to some good character development or some action set pieces, but too often it felt overly scholarly or at its worst preachy. What did work for me, though, was Rambo's reaction to the Afghan culture and the Muslim religion as explained to Rambo by Musa. As I mentioned earlier, Rambo's attraction to Zen was defensive, and throughout the novel, Rambo's journey is one of self-acceptance and acceptance of his destiny to be a man of violence. As Morel tells it, destiny is a concept that relates heavily to the Muslim religion. And so we witness Rambo as he has a crisis of faith and starts wondering if perhaps a belief in Allah was not so bad after all. I find it really amusing in retrospect that perhaps Rambo's target demographic audience would be those who today are the most intolerant of Muslims. And yet in this novel, here's their hero placing his faith repeatedly in Allah. There is some irony in that. But when Rambo isn't fighting Afghans, he's fighting Russians. And here Morel gets a welcome return to form. As I mentioned in my review of First Blood, it was a very balanced tale between Rambo and Sheriff Teasel, and either could be seen as the villain or the hero. 
In Rambo First Blood Part 2, Morell's instinct to tell the story from multiple viewpoints was visible, but hampered by the lack of any real antagonist. The Viet Cong sergeant and the Russian officers were introduced too late in the novel, and the CIA agent Murdoch is too far removed from the action to be very interesting. But in Rambo 3, Russian Colonel Zasin is introduced early as an antagonist. He's the captor of Colonel Troutman, and he's the big bad for this film. And with Rambo being the hero he was in 1988, there was absolutely no chance that there would be any moral ambiguity that made First Blood so special. But by telling some of the story from the point of view of Zeissen, Morell is able to build a righteous villain who we just love to hate and for whom we cannot have any respect. We want to see Zeissen taken out by Rambo, and when the book's climax comes, it is very satisfying. As for the other Russians, there are a few given some depth, but overall their portrayal felt a bit too Americanized in that not one but two Russian soldiers wished to defect due to their lack of belief in the Russian invasion of Afghanistan. When the first defection came, I was all for it, and I liked that view that not all Soviets are, as we see them portrayed in film, such as Rambo 3. But when it happened a second time, I started to feel as if it was undermining the Soviets as enemies, or really as people. People believe in their governments, believe in their causes, especially soldiers. And so to have two defections was not only redundant, but it went beyond my suspension of disbelief. On the positive side, Morel's action scenes are vivid, exciting, and engaging. With every battle, I found myself engrossed and honestly feeling more into the action on the page than I ever felt when watching the film version of this. But sadly, the action scenes are too few and far between, and they seem over far too quickly. Overall, I feel Morel did the best he could within the parameters of the story he was instructed to tell. He wrote a story that's still true to the character of Rambo that he created in 1972, and I'm sure that was a hard task given how Rambo was a character that, in the public eye, is more the property of Sylvester Stallone than David Morell. But the story of Rambo 3 is a difficult one. It was told really poorly on screen. It's told a little better here, but it's still not great. I get the impression Morell did some exhaustive research into the Afghan culture, and perhaps due to deadlines or perhaps because this wasn't a story Morell felt driven to tell, the result is often flat, and out of three Rambo novels, this was the first one that really felt like a chore to complete. Of course, I said the same thing about the movie over on Now Playing. Still, I have the utmost respect for Morell's writing. This book's failures can't be blamed on him. The simple fact is, this book is far, far superior to the film. I credit Morell with those improvements, though I really wish he'd just gone off and told his own ta Rambo tale entirely, rather than do the best he could with a crappy script. Morell didn't turn the lemons fully into lemonade, but at least he made them tolerable. And with that, I conclude the review of the final Rambo novel by David Morell. But our series is not done yet! Join me next Friday at booksandnachos.com as I talk to David Morell about the process of writing not just the original First Blood, but all three Rambo novels, as well as his thoughts on the fourth Rambo film. I recorded that interview recently, and I greatly enjoyed my time talking to Mr. Morell, so I hope you'll come back next week to listen. And while at booksandnachos.com, you can find our other book reviews, including my review of Stephen King's Under the Dome, Steve's review of Scott Segler's Infection, and Jerry's review of A Walk Through the Book of Matthew Youth Style by Jamie Estes. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2010, Venganza Media Incorporated.